Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is September 1st. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my friend, Alex Sapplin. Alec, how are things going? Man, it's just like you threw up the bat signal, Rod. Whenever you need me, you know, I'm always ready to roll, man. It's good to be back and it's good to be uh, talking Cleveland Browns football as we are now officially about 10 or 9 days away from game one. Yeah, I almost choked on my word saying September 1st. I'm like, man, when did it get to? <laughs> I know we've been waiting on football, but I barely got my name out because I like stumbled on the September 1st. I didn't get the day of the week out. But um, yeah, September 1st, it's like the year is fleeting. But you know what? This is the time of year we've been waiting for. It really is, you know, just going back and talking about it since January, because guess what? We actually had January football for once going back since January, going through all the process of grieving after a division round loss to uh, actually looking forward to sitting back and drinking a beer for the for our draft pick and then going through free agency. And as well as that, just going on and on about practices, about these, this training camp that's been brutal for our Cleveland Browns. And now after three weeks of preseason games where the Browns have looked like a pretty good football team, we're going to be getting right into it. Yeah. Yeah. So before we dive into the Browns, first of all, I want to get an update on you because uh, you've started a new job, and I don't think you—I don't think you were working this job last time you were on a podcast. So I kind of want to hear where you're at with with the uh, with your position. Um, so let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So after, for by the grace of God, completing my undergraduate degree at the University of Oregon in June, I I made the move back to Cleveland, Ohio, and now I am a reporter for the Chagrin Valley Times, a uh, newspaper covering all things Geauga County. So you'll see the Geauga Times Courier, Solon Times, and Chagrin Valley Times, all under the Times Publishing Group based out of Cleveland, Ohio. Nice, and you were there, you were only there like a week when you sent me a shot of of a story of yours like on the, first, on the front page. Yeah. So that's I pretty mean, cool. I mean, it's crazy. They let anybody on the front page these days, man. <laughs> The standards, the st- it's just like college graduates. The standards have dropped significantly. What the hell is going on? <laughs> so I trust you're enjoying your work. Uh, you know, um, I mean, it, yeah. it's really cool that you got this position in the industry, you know, that you're going to school for and everything, because that doesn't happen to everybody. It doesn't. And and, and I, I, I like to say that it's a, it's a tri-B. It is based by blessing. Man, it's just been the biggest blessing in the world that I've been able to do something that I know how to do, that I studied to do, that I paid 20, you know, that I'm paying $25,000 in student loans for, for God's sakes. But no, it's, it's, it's really good to actually say, you know what, I did something with my degree and I'm, and I'm going to continue doing this something with my degree. Yeah, yeah. And that's excellent, and um, I, I have a feeling it's just the beginning for you, so uh, I'm really happy Thank for the that. start for you. Thank you. You're welcome. And one more uh, segment here. Let's talk about what we're drinking, because you've been a little bit mysterious with me about what you have in front of you there. So um, I know you're normally, I think you normally drink beer, but um, I know you mix it up a little bit. So, so what do you have in front of you there, Alec? I actually have the Botanist. It is an island flowery gin mixed with a little bit of seltzer water because I ran out of tonic and I'm too lazy to go to the store and get more. So I'm drinking a little bit of gin. I feel like an old man had a long day. After he finishes his podcast, I'm going to finish this. It's like uh, it's like taking the grape cough syrup and it'll knock my ass out completely. <laughs> okay. All right, I am I am not that type of a drinker. You guys know I am a beer drinker. <laughs> Got the fridge to prove it. I'm working on the fridge. I, I every time I go to the grocery or any place else like that, man, the the 
just the I'm trying to keep the power of resistance of buying more beer because I'm really trying to to work my way through what I've got. And it's slowly but surely that the stock is working its way down. You know, once I get down far enough, then I'll go on some kind of a buying binge again. But uh, I'm drinking a Victory Golden Monkey. Fortunately, I've got quite a few of these left and it's a pretty high alcohol you know, uh, content beer. I think it's like nine percent or something. But uh, just nurse the hell out of that, man. You'll be fine. Oh, it's it's a good beer. It's got a got a great flavor. If anybody hasn't had it, I I probably talked about it three four times on the podcast. I'm give it a shot. Um, definitely definitely a good beer, and I'm going to enjoy it while we're talking some Browns. That's the only way you can enjoy it, Rod. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um. You know the the Browns uh, Browns had to cut down to to 53 guys and then um, and then uh, you know today there was the waiver process and all this. I mean I think we thought there was you know in the practice squad getting set up and I I think uh, I don't know about you I I thought there was going to be you know more um, a little more action today than what actually happened. You know I thought we might see it. The Browns make, you know, some claims or or maybe sign some guys or, or something. You know, uh, it's pretty apparent some things are still going to happen because the Browns have spots open on the practice squad. So I think we're still going to see some movement. But, you know, t- today was kind of a quiet day uh, when you when you look at everything. But let's talk about getting down to that initial 53. And I kind of wanted to get your thoughts. Um, I, I put... I put who I thought was going to be on the 53 out on Twitter and I got, I was right on 48 out of, of the 53 guys. That's and, not bad. No, I was, I was um, you know, I, I thought it was pretty close and actually, um, so I missed five guys and four of those guys. Well, actually three of those guys were on the practice squad and one of them was Joe Jackson, who's now actually on the 53. So the only oh, guy I missed was, uh Kaderil Hodge. Really? Yeah. It's really the so, only guy who's not with the team anymore. Yes, um, as he was just to uh as he was just uh picked up by the Detroit Lions, which is really good for the Detroit Lions, I'll tell you what. He's gonna do really well as a wide receiver one or or in that wide receiver room with with a you know, to be quite honest with you, with a stud like Jared Goff. He had a he had an off year for a while, but and and that was that was very apparent before the trade from Los Angeles for Matthew Stafford, which shook up the entire league. But uh, just talking about what you were just saying in the it just previously here, when you have a team and you think that they would be doing more, that can do that can be either two things. It could be either a, it could be that they're doing really bad that they don't know what the hell they're doing, or you have B as an Andrew Barry who knows that what he has is good. So it, it didn't surprise me personally seeing the lack of action from Mr. Barry and the front office staff there in this first day, if you will, of waiver wires and getting a and being able to claim different people personally. And and yes, I'm gonna be biased as all hell. I wanted to see the Cleveland Browns pick up cornerback Thomas Graham Jr. from the University of Oregon, who was on the Browns sta- or on the on the Bears, Da Bears, and uh, he got picked up by Chicago again. But obviously, I have to be biased because that's someone that not only did I go to school with, I've had classes with, I've had conversations with, he's such a good guy and a hard worker, but I will say the, the shock of the, of the cuts was really Kaderil Hodge. Mm -hmm. And, and just seeing that it, it, and it's such a tough position because, you know, not to go into the whole conversation, but this is the wide receiver room. Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Richard Higgins, Anthony Schwartz, and some schmuck named Odell. I mean, you look at that wide receiver room, you have everything. You have guys that can catch, that can run routes like 
Jarvis Landry. You have go get him's like Odell and, and Higgins. You have your you have your tall wide receiver core that is Donovan Peoples Jones. You have your speedster and Anthony Schwartz. That that is such a tough position to be in if you're on a wide receiver, if you're in the wide receiver room looking in. So you have guys like Jojo Natson and uh, Kaderil Hodge and Davion Davis, who was placed on the suspension list, but that's a completely different story. And Jamarcus mm-hmm. Bradley, you have those guys, and they're on the outside looking in. And 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 yes, it sucks. It always sucks because a football player gets told that they're out of a job. But at the end of the day, from a team standpoint, you look at it and you're like, that's a really tough decision to make because one of those guys can go anywhere and be a star. You're right. And when I put, you know, shortly after I put that 53 man out, uh, you know, that the tweet out showing my my 53 guys, I, I was talking with a couple of people and I said, you know, I'm really I really was not totally comfortable with listing the Browns carrying six wide receivers only because of the type of offense. I feel like Kevin Stefanski is going to run. And I don't know if the Browns, you know, I didn't really feel confident that the Browns wanted six wide receivers on the roster because you got, you know, you got the the two-headed monster at running back. And, and we know how Stefanski likes to use the tight ends. I mean, I don't know how often they're going to have, you know, they're going to go three wide occasionally. They may go four wide, but um, it's not going to be a lot. So I just, the more I looked at them, I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody goes, but I hate to be the guy to make the decision as to who, um, even though we knew it pretty much had to be it, that it was probably going to be Higgins or Hodge, and it probably wasn't going to be Higgins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just got signed back, and and the real, I mean, I didn't even look at it when it came down to it, be, if it was him on the border, because in reality, you had a uh, you had a list of. Donovan Peoples-Jones versus Rashard Higgins for wide receiver three, which I think Rashard Higgins won just barely. I don't know yet, but, you know, that's, you know. Yeah, I'll I'll kind of be surprised if DPJ is not really wide receiver three. Um, If he's not now, I I think he will be. Next year? Next year he's going. Maybe middle of the season. Yeah. Even Yeah, you're right. Even middle of the season. And I mean, Anthony Schwartz, we signed him in, I believe, the third round. That that I knew was going to be a lock. It, it, I knew he was going to be, he wasn't in the contention for running four or for running three. He is going to be a wide receiver four. And, and to think about that, where you have a speedster of a wide receiver, that is Anthony Schwartz and Madden. He has like the third highest or one of the highest speed ratings in the game, you know. But that's, uh-huh. you know, that's a completely different story where you learn from powerhouse tight ends or powerhouse wide receivers and perennial Hall of Famers where you have Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. in the same locker room with you. If 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 I was any wide receiver that got drafted by the Cleveland Browns, I would be in heaven. That is just a that is like the Fort Knox of information the the cream to crop of of wide receiver knowledge that you can get out of two wide receivers yes you have DeAndre Hopkins yes you have really good wide receivers out there I'm blanking on some of them Tyree Kill you have who is it uh from the from the Seahawks I'm blanking here Tall dude. I'm blanking on him. Oh, the big muscle guy. Yeah. Yeah, big muscle guy. Big <laughs> <sorry>. muscles. <laughs> I forget. DK Metcalf. There it yeah, goes. DK Jesus. Metcalf. Jesus yeah. Christ. That's what the gin does to me, ladies and germs. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, DK Metcalf. You have all of these really good wide receivers, but you have <laughs> two that you have on the same team that that are so good in so many ways that you can learn from. Dude, Anthony Schwartz is going to be friggin' fantastic in two or three years. Hell, even next year, maybe. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I'm, I'm going to go way off topic here because I had a conversation with somebody. And 
I know how attached people are to Jarvis Landry, and I I love Jarvis Landry. But we know we know this, the the guys that need to be extended on this team, and we know that once this team starts winning, that more guys are going to command more money. So here's my question for you: The Browns have Donovan Peoples Jones. They have uh, Demetric Felton, who is undoubtedly going to grow into a great slot receiver. I really UCLA, think he's going to be. Way. What's that? Out of Pac-12 UCLA, by the way. Okay. <laughs> and hopefully Anthony Schwartz, if he blossoms, uh, then you've, you've got three receivers who not only can be a great core for you, but guys who, um, you know, if you, if you look at DPJ and Felton, those guys aren't costing you anything over the next three, four seasons. Okay. Even Schwartz was, uh, was he, a, what round was he taking in the third or the fourth? I can't remember which round he was yeah. taking in the third, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, so his contract's not, not big. So he's, he's not commanding real big money over the next three seasons either. I think you know where I'm going with this. It, how much do we need to see out of these guys to feel like the Browns, and people are going to hate me for saying it, but to feel like the Browns could move on from both OBJ and Jarvis. And I'm not only saying that because of the emergence of these guys, but look at the ability of of Andrew Barry to find talent. And if he can find these guys, why can't he find two other guys too? Okay. Um, now, I'm not saying I'm ready to do this now. I'm very happy that OBJ and Jarvis are here, but in a season or two, when these guys are emerging and they're not costing any, you anything, you have to find ways to save money um, in order to keep your talent on a winning team. Um, I just I see a strong core with those three guys, assuming that they can all take the next step. Which you'll see this season and next, uh, you know, and you'll see the ability of AB to truly uh, bring in wide receiver talent, and you know, and I'm not even talking about uh, uh, Davion Davis and other guys like this that he can just bring in off the street and they look like <laughs> they look like they should be a number two on some other team. So, what are your thoughts on that? And I'm not going to paint you into a corner or anything, but what are your thoughts? Oh, on that's that? fine. That is that's that's fine. And I'm going to answer your question with a question. Did you see how well Andrew Barry handled Nick Chubb? Did you see how well you have a top a, a undoubted top five top actually no a top three running back in the league? You have Christian McCaffrey, you have Derrick Henry, you have Nick Chubb. Undoubtedly. You won't get an argument from me other than other than whether he's even that low or not. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's I fair. love Nick Chubb. At, yeah. At, at the very least, I'm saying at the very least. Absolutely. He, and don't hit me he's for it. Three. At the ver- at the very least, he's top three. May not even be two or three. Yes. Andrew Barry got him on a three-year, thirty-three, I think, thirty-six mil deal. Yeah. Making yeah. making twelve mil a year. Mm-hmm. For a running back that can and will be a future Hall of Fame prospect. Yeah. Mind you, the other individual in the running back room of Georgia from 2017 to 18 just got traded to the Rams. And people were judging the Cleveland Browns for taking. Nick Chubb over the individual named Sony Michelle. Well, Sony Michelle went first in the draft. He, he went, did. He went before. Nick. He did. Yeah. 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 Which is what I said. So my my big thing is you have a top three running back. Andrew Barry knew cap space is an issue. He knew that being able to pay everybody is going to be an issue. He mm-hmm. wants to work with people that want to stay in Cleveland. Jarvis Landry said that he's happy in Cleveland. Odell said he's happy in Cleveland. 
if that if and, and it's a big if obviously because this is like a nuclear situation because everybody has to get paid baker has to get paid you know you have tight ends coming up and getting paid you have denzel ward getting paid you have so many guys that need money yeah and the more you win the more guys need money exactly there's an issue too and you know what i'll even i'll even add to that we just locked up cream hunt who before he got before he decided to uh prove himself in kickball he decided to go off in kansas city and be an absolute monster yeah we just locked him up for another year or two mm-hmm. why can't andrew barry do that with jarvis landry and odell beckham you know what? If he can make the money work with those guys and still keep the other key pieces in place, that that's great. That's great. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It'll you be very tough. Um, you have I mean, you, him, obviously it's tough. I mean, you just you look at the offensive line and you've got guys making a lot of money and other guys that are going to either command money or you're going to have to replace. Shit, uh, I completely forgot. Wyatt Teller, too. That's a big name. He's going to make that work. There's so many guys that he has to make work, but if he can. And I think he can. It's going to be great. Hey, I, I don't know if you – I just don't know if you can keep everybody. I mean, but if anybody can figure it out, it, it's it's Andrew Barry and, and his staff. He's a, so, he's a mastermind. He's, he's yeah. a nerd. He knows this stuff. I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, I've been I've, – I'm of the mindset that, um, you know, that, that – uh, if somebody is going to go with the Wyatt Teller is probably a, is probably a guy who they would let go just because of Bill Callahan and his, you know, and some of the, some of the guys they have behind Wyatt Teller and not that somebody's going to come in and be Wyatt Teller. I mean, like, you know, um, grayed out as the fourth best player in the league or anything, but you know, you're talking about a guard and, and when you have a great offensive line, if you can plug in a guard that plays very well, you know, he doesn't have to be an all-pro to, to maintain, um, you know, an excellent offensive line. So, and, and if they could do that and save themselves $15 million a year, then that might be a smart spot to save money. Uh, right. But, if, if, you know, if they can get Wyatt Teller on the right deal, I certainly don't have an issue with it. Yeah, absolutely. No, but, you know, but it just goes back to my question. Why can't he? I think Andrew Barry is able to. It's just how he's able to. That's the big thing. They can, but I, I'm going to go back to the wide receiver thing. My Part of my point there, too, is with this offense, how many how many good wide receivers do the Browns really need? How many good wide receivers do you really want to carry on this roster? I mean, obviously, you want as much depth as you can get, but... Do you need do you need to be seven or eight deep at wide receiver or are you or can this offense really play well with with three or four really good wide receivers? So I think that the obviously in any situation, the more is better. You don't know when things are going to happen. I'll take last year's game when we played in in Cincinnati, for an example. Odell Beckham. Popped his knee. He is done for the year. Torn ACL. Granted, he came back really fast. And he's looking better than before his injury. Mm-hmm. You had people step up. That's where you had your Jarvis Landry, your Donovan Peoples-Jones, your Richard Higgins, your Daryl Hodges. That's where you had your guys step up. When Nick Chubb went down in Dallas, that's where you had your Kareem Hunt, your Dearness Johnson step up. When you had Wyatt Teller go down, that's where you had your offensive line step up. When you had when you had Miles Garrett out the 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 home record of every single offensive line, the the Hades, if you know Greek mythology, the god of death for <laughs> for uh for all offensive lines out with COVID-19 you had the defensive line step up because you had good guys there yes it's good to have you know yes while it's good to be able to pay more you know pay less people more you know less people money 
you also have to take into effect and take into account, really, that what happens if someone gets injured and you have guys that can't hold on to the ball, that can't do what they do, that can't fill up the shoes that need to be filled? Well, I mean, that that's a good point, but you look at the depth on this roster now, and you have to have a feeling that going into next season and seasons moving forward that that if the Browns do lose somebody like Odell Beckham or Wyatt Teller, that obviously you don't replace guys like that, but you but you bring in talented players. And and I think Andrew Barry's shown the ability to bring in guys with with a lot of talent. So I think we should be kind of comfortable there, and and um, I think it just gives me confidence in his decisions. So yeah, and at you know, the end I, of the day, I'm not going to second guess him on you know on yeah. signings or whatnot. At the end of the day, Rod, we can bitch and moan all we want about oh who are we paying, but the fact of the matter is we have a good team here now. We oh, have we do a absolutely, team. and and this team can do amazing things. Absolutely. That's, this, what, that's this, what we need to look at now. Yeah, this this roster, <laughs> this roster is this. I don't know. Um, I would have to look at prior years rosters, like back in the '80s, um, you know, and then go all the way back to the '60s. But I, I don't know. This has to be one of the most talented Cleveland rosters, you know, ever. Um, and, and, and I know people outside of Cleveland will hear that and they're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's on paper. It's on paper. OK, no, and, and I understand and I understand where they're coming from on paper. This team right now, based on what they did last year and adding those talents that they have. They look like they can go to the AFC championship. This yeah, year, they, they do. I'm not they gonna, do. I'm not going to say Super Bowl and I'm not saying Super Bowl, Super Browns. Or and uh, and jinx it, but they can make that next step. Last year, they made the a- the AFC divisional round, which is the mm-hmm. second round out of four for the championship. They were in the round of they were in the round of eight. If you're looking at it in college, if you're looking at it in college terms, they were in, they were an elite eight team, an elite eight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and. and that's why that's why I brought up the wide receiver thing because I don't believe this is the Browns one year shot at a Super Bowl. I, I think that I think they are building this team to be competitive year after year. No, that's fair. Um, you know, obviously the goal this year is the Super Bowl. And the, that's the goal for every team. You know, for for it's only realistic for what maybe ten teams, ten or fifteen, maybe you know, ten or maybe twelve, but. Um, you know the Browns are certainly in the group where it's where it's uh, where it's realistic to to think that they have a good shot at it or or a shot at it. So, um, you know, um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't. Uh, I just I look at I look at the roster and I just think, man, this is going to be a great season because mm-hmm. for me, um, the playoffs are about who's hot who's healthy, who has home field and all this stuff, you know, um, you know, it it can come down to a couple of bounces and and things like this. So, so for me, I, I'm not going to hang my head if the Browns lose by three points and, you know, in, in a playoff game, no matter which playoff game it is, um, you know, I'm going to enjoy this season because I think miss a call. Well, yeah, I'm going to be pretty pissed off about that, but, um, right. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to enjoy this season because the Browns are going to win a lot of football games. Oh, they're going to do great. They're yeah. going to. This is a winning culture. Absolutely. And, and we have players that want to win. I can't wait to see these guys go, and I just want to talk about them, Rod. I can't wait. I, I, I'm itching like a, like, like a. This is going to be a bad. This is going to be a bad analogy. Like a drug addict looking for his next fix. I cannot wait to talk about this group that we have in front of us. Because right now, as I had just alluded to, 
this on paper AFC championship, if not better. Yeah. So let, so we've kind of, um, I mean, we're still talking about the team, but we drifted off the, off the 53. I want to get your impressions. Um, did you have guys you thought were going to make it that didn't, or are there guys that you're, you're extremely excited about that made it that you weren't sure about? Man, I wasn't I wasn't sure about that Baker Mayfield guy, man. It didn't look <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course Baker's gonna make it. It's Baker friggin' Mayfield. No, I mean the guys that I'm really looking forward to is and I'll tell you, my my standout is is one individual out of Louisiana State University that didn't get to play last year. In the in one of the first training in the, one of the first days of training camp, he tore his Achilles, an injury that is impossible to come back from. Now that he is pretty much healthy, I think Grant Delpit is going to come back and wreck some some dudes up, man. He is going to impose his will. And you also have fellow SEC safety Richard LeCount the third. You look at him. You look at those two safeties right there. They are underrated completely. They don't know the names, but they will once the season happens. Then you got the two guys from the Los Angeles Rams. You have John Johnny Johnson the third, Troy Hill. I mean, matched up with Greg Newsom. Oh my God. This is gonna be a potential starting lineup in the defensive backs. And I can't and I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but I'm just looking at it. And my and I'm oh. just salivating. So listen to this. Greg Newsom, Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Troy Hill, John Johnson the third, and and Grant Delpit all on the field, all at the same time. Those guys are see ball get ball guys. They are they are in the best sense of the word football guys. They know their position. They know what they have to do, and they will destroy everybody. To make sure they're they do their job. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of base defense the Browns generally use. Obviously, they're going to you know use different packages in different situations, but you have to feel like the Browns are going to go uh, you know four two five a lot, uh, especially when Delpit's healthy. Oh, and, yeah. you know, um, either have the three safeties out there or if, you know, um, you know, they can certainly go with the, with three corners, too, and play, you know, and play uh, Ward, Newsom and Hill or Ward, Greedy and Hill or, you know, or any any three of those four. Because and, they are. And I mean, you also have MJ Stewart and AJ Green on in there, too. Remember, MJ Stewart had an, a great pick in that wild card round there. Remember that from back in uh, back in January when we played the Steelers and we went up twenty eight nothing on them. I MJ remember Stewart that game. Had a part to... <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't because I was drinking after that and I was and I was on a I was on a I was on a straight cager. That's that was me in college, but not me anymore. So I'm a changed man, kinda. But no, yeah. I mean you have those guys hiding on the bench that are ready to go. And I'm gonna shift. I'm gonna shift this a little bit here. Because there's another guy hiding on the bench. Look in that linebacker room. You have Mac Wilson, Anthony Walker, Sione Takitaki, former Super Bowl MVP, Malcolm Smith, Jacob Phillips, please get better soon. There's another guy that's hiding on there. He has, okay. he has, he has two last names, but when you put them together, it's J-O-K, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, which is my favorite my favorite last name on the team now replacing Sione Takitaki. But no, Jeremiah Usukoromoa yeah. against Trevor Lawrence in the in and the Minister of Pain, Urban Meyer, made teams realize, holy shit, that was a top fifteen player we just slipped past. He can do everything. You know what? I um you know, as I'm still a part-time contributor to the Dogland, I, I do have to tell an off-topic story here. That was the only one that said, I need JOK. I had 
I had our guy Jack Duffin tell me, uh, absolutely no way are they getting JOK. And they did. I'm just like, hey, hey, Mr. Duffin, what's going on? So, but no, like, Jeremiah Usukoromo is a top 15 prospect. That's one, of the, that's one of the few times in Brown's draft history where I have, after the first round, where I have stood up uh, off the couch and yelled, yes, just so excited that, that they got somebody like that. Um, you know, you're just like, oh, my gosh, and when they traded and he was still available, you're like, oh, please let it be him. Please let it be him, because you never know what they're thinking, you know, at that point. You're like, oh, it's got to be him. But then when they took him, it's like, oh, my gosh, him and and Greg Newsome together. You're three thinking, words, oh, man. Three words just to just to cover that those first two rounds. Highway freaking robbery. <laughs> Andrew Barry is a has a thousand and two IQ. That is how <laughs> smart he is. He knew to trade up. And guess what? We traded with the Steelers to get that pick. The Steelers. <laughs> so, so tell me this. Talking about um, talking about uh, greedy Newsom and JOK kind of all together. Uh, obviously, Newsom and, and JOK are rookies. So, um, you, you know, with a with a rookie corner, I mean, it normally takes some time to for these guys to develop. I mean, to to jump right in at the NFL level is not easy at a few positions. A corner is one of them. So do do you expect Greg Newsom to be you know to be kind I, kind of the the starter and out there pretty much all the time you know opposite of opposite of uh, Ward or do you yeah. expect them to kind of try to break him in and and the same thing for JOK do you expect him to be pretty much a full time starter right off the bat or do you think no. the Browns kind of work him in with packages? No, um, no one either. Uh, because, you know, as as much as I want to see that, as much as I want to be greedy, no pun intended, and see that, you can't be unrealistic. There are, there are some, you know, there's an exception to the rule of Denzel Ward. We didn't have any cornerbacks. We threw Denzel Ward into the fire, and he shined. He was the and first corner taken in that draft. I mean, exactly. you know, he's the number four pick. He's, I mean, he's, he's he was a top yeah. five pick for a reason. But yeah. here's the thing: Greg Newsom had a great last year. He had a great he his his last year at Northwestern University was amazing. Same yeah. thing with Jeremiah Wusu Koromo at Notre Dame. You know, at Notre Dame, great great year. They are going to be careful with them. I think, I think they're going to be careful with them because they know that these are guys that can't be thrown into the fire just yet. They need time. And, and, and I could be very well wrong on that. And you know what? If I am wrong, guess what? I'll say, holy shit, I'm wrong. And if, and yeah. if, and if come week two against Houston, they're starting to making plays, I'll be holy. I'll say, holy shit. I was really wrong, but in my eyes right now, they are they are not ready for Kansas City week one. But you got to feel like Grant Delpit's the same in the same boat, right? Got to try to get him, mix him in some plays, but I wouldn't I mean, expect it's, to it's, see a ton of Grant Delpit either. It is so hard to do this, but I would agree. You have Ronnie Harrison Jr. You have John Jones in the third. John Johnson the third was was an All Pro I think last year found a Pro Bowl. Yeah, and why why rush why rush uh, Grant Delpit and and exactly. I mean Richard LeCount I mean it's not like I want Richard LeCount with a ton of responsibility against the Chiefs, but you can I mean, throw him put, in there a few plays too. It's hard to put a lot of responsibility on one person, yeah. especially against Kansas City. Even Baker, it's hard to put one responsibility on one guy. Granted. Baker throws a stupid pick with a minute left down five. That's dumb. Yeah. Then we then we have to say, okay, that was Baker's fault. He he could have made a better throw. Or or and, and that's situational. Maybe maybe, you know, even though he has COVID and I wish him well, maybe Teron Matthew has a just Arizona like sense where he can just sense it. And he just honey badgers the shit out of it. 
Who knows? But in that case, you know, especially against Kansas City, you can't put you can't put responsibility on any one person because because especially against AFC champs, Mister Mister Half a Billion, you know, you have all these guys. <laughs> They're, I mean, shit. He's making a thousand dollars a second. I mean, come on. But no, like you can't <laughs> put responsibility on every single person, or on on one single person rather. It's it's going to be very difficult to do. Yeah, so um, I think one of the key spots, and I don't want to talk too much just about Kansas City, but let's talk about this defensive line for Browns <laughs> because, man, this is going to be fun because, I mean, Kansas City's offensive line is kind of a question mark. You know, and there are a few oh, other boy. offensive lines in the AFC North that are also a question mark, so we could have a lot of fun with this defensive line this season. So, oh, you know, so not yeah. only do we not only do we have Miles Garrett, but we have Jadavian Clowney, who who uh, uh, purportedly has has had uh, what has had practices that would have accounted for up to 20 sacks if they would let him touch the quarterback. And then we have this guy named Malik McDowell, who is just throwing guys around in preseason games. <laughs> So, so I, I need. I'm I'm sorry for the impend, impending f bomb, but Patrick Mahomes is going to get fucking killed. <laughs> you might. I mean, you you throw Malik Jackson I mean, out there Jesus and Christ. Yeah, and and Tag McKinley looks good in practice now. If the Browns go five man front with those five guys, um, uh, there's no saving. There, there's just no saving Patrick Mahomes. I mean. Uh, Five hundred million dollars isn't going to stop him. And I mean, also you got to look at it. You have you have Jordan Elliott. You have Malik Jackson. You have the Ohio State product, Tommy Togiai. Like they're all phenomenal. And you line them up with a couple of linebackers. Like your, I'm not going to say Mac Wilson. Mac Wilson didn't do too well. Your Anthony Walkers. Your Malcolm Smiths. Hell, your Jeremiah. Just bring JOK on a blitz too once in a while. I mean. JOK is a he is going to be a successful version of what we wanted to see. Or he's going to be a successful version in the NFL of what Jabril Peppers was at Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Where he, where you, you yeah, where you swear, where you're lined up against the University of Michigan, you look across the field, you see Jabril, and you just go. Oh, crap. oh shit! You just go shit because you see him, and you know he's going to make a play. Owusu Koromoa has that potential to make an impact just like that. So I've got to bring up one guy who I did not have on my fifty-three, but made the team, and that is Andrew Billings, who looked like absolute crap in the preseason. He's on a he's on a guaranteed like three I don't know if it's three point I think it's like three point five million dollar guaranteed contract and and he made the team so he's a guy I've been kind of conflicted on because he looked horrible in the preseason games but the but when you listen to the Browns talk it's like oh this guy he's you know he's lost weight he's he's super strong he looks great in practice. I don't know if he's just not in shape yet or what the deal is. I, I, you know, I, I thought the Browns were going to cut him, but he's around. So what are your thoughts on Billings? I mean, is this guy going to ride the bench till he's in shape? I mean, he's certainly not going to start because Malik McDowell is going to be out there throwing people around next to Malik Jackson. And and I think Jordan Elliott's probably going to be the first guy off the bench at, at DT. So, um I don't know. I wanted to get your thoughts on on Billings, and I I don't want to hammer him too hard because I'm a Browns guy, a Browns fan, and I support all the Browns. So I'm really hoping that I'm just reading things wrong, and that this guy is going to really help this team at some point. I'm going to use a reference. James Harden played the shit out of the Houston Rockets, didn't he? Yeah. Showed up first half of first part of the season looking overweight, looking, you know, like he didn't know how the hell to play. Gets traded to Brooklyn with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. 
looks like the fucking monster that he was and still is. Which is what, which is going to bring me back to my original question. James Harden played the shit out of the Houston Rockets, didn't he? Yeah, so you have confidence in Andrew Billings. I do. Okay, I mean, good. I mean, only time can tell. Only time will tell at this point. I mean, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and overly second guess Andrew Barry. And, and, um, and you know what? If if we are wrong, you know, if I am wrong in saying that, I'll be the first guy to raise my hand and say I'm the asshole. Because I was wrong. Well, yeah, you know what? I mean, case, they, they've got guys on the practice squad who will take that spot if he sucks for, you know, for a long exactly, time. Exactly. So, so it's not a big deal. Um, I, I think that maybe they're giving him a shot now. They were able to get these other guys to the practice squad. Like, like uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the practice squad in a minute. But, um, you know, maybe they figured, well, well, we'll give him a few more weeks or, or, you know, we'll see what he's got. Or we're good initially. We don't really need him the first few weeks. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens, but I mean, I'm never going to root against anybody on the Browns. I just, I just didn't think he was one of the best 53 guys from what I saw in the preseason. That was it. So, That's fair. so, um, I mean, there's obviously we could talk about all 53 guys, but let's let's look at the let's look at the practice squad because man, this this is fun. I'm telling you what, and. My brother said this, I think, last week. Jeff said this about how many guys that the Browns played in the preseason that, you know, that were second or third stringers that went out there and just beat everybody else they played. Okay. How many of those guys would have been starters for the Browns a few seasons ago? (laughs) Look at the Browns. A lot of them, most of them, could have started for the Browns in. You know, I'm prior to 19. Let's put it that way. So um, let's look at the practice squad and how many of these guys would have not only made the team, but possibly started for the Browns in 17, 18, you know, back then. So you've got uh, Jamarcus Bradley when, you know, the Browns had no wide receivers. So Sheldon Day, Jordan Franks, uh, Port Augustine, John Kelly, Elijah Lee. You know, I mean, I was kind of surprised that Porter Gustin got released. He had a huge interception against Pittsburgh in the uh, in the wild card round as well. And also, I'm surprised that Sheldrick Redwine got dropped. That was a shocking one to me because he was doing well with us. You know, I'm very happy to see that he got picked up by the New York Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Maybe, he's, maybe now he's Sheldrick Greenwine. But, you know, at any rate, you have all these guys that are so good. And and it just brings us back around to the to the conversation. Those that Cleveland Browns team looks good as shit. Yeah, and you know, I I, re- I thought that uh, Javante Moffat was was actually um, you know he played better than than Sheldrick Redwine, but uh, Moffat made it to the practice squad. Um, Redwine got picked up, and I, I've got to say something to all of the. I don't want to sound sexist here, but my sister-in-law loved uh, Sheldrick Redwine. She's got the jersey, but she's a red wine drinker. And I have a feeling there are a lot of, of women out there with red wine jerseys because it's just a cool jersey. You know, if you like drinking wine, it's a cool jersey. I mean, I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna save your ass really quick. I also like red wine, so I ha- I love. Yeah, I mean, I I feel the pain. I mean, you know, it, when uh, Taki Taki and Redwine were drafted, I thought, man, these are going to be two of the top selling jerseys for the Browns for years to come. And you know, I, you, I'm disappointed. You know who had the biggest kick with me out of those two names? Who's that? Dave. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dave and I were loving it. Both names. Yeah. yeah. Big play Dave and I were, were dying about these names. And and we still do. I I love the names. I love the names. And I love the red wine jersey. 
you know? Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I mean, my sister-in-law still keep wearing it. I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of people keep wearing the the red wine jersey. So, uh, you know what? Nothing wrong with it at all. Uh, Javante Moffat make the practice squad. Um, Jojo Natson, I did not think he would make the practice squad. I thought somebody would want him as their return man. Um, I honestly thought Hodge would have been would have been on practice squad rather than 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 uh, Jojo. I honestly thought that. Well, you know, I, I wasn't sure because of his salary. I wasn't sure somebody would pick him up, but, man, I, it didn't take long. So, um, and yeah, No kidding. Curtis Weaver, you know, the practice squad is great. We'll see if he – I don't know if he was completely over his injury. We'll see if he develops. He's a guy that's certainly worth carrying on the practice squad for a season to see kind of what happens with him. Because, man, right. if, he can, if he can develop and end up being – you know, rotational defensive end, then then that's definitely a good guy. And and the Browns are only at eleven on the practice squad, so they've got room to carry up. You know, bring in up to five more guys. So, yeah, um, we'll yeah. see we'll see what happens there. Yeah, no, I'm I'm I mean I'm excited to see what we do just in general. You know, my I'm I'm gonna go a little off topic here. Being gone from not only this state of Ohio, but from this region of the country as you guys know university of oregon is in the state of oregon that's a that's geometry lesson there thanks thanks geometry geography geography lesson (laughs) it started with the geo geography uh that's a college graduate for you yeah that's a that's a college education and a friggin journalist (laughs) jesus christ well, right. he, well, I could edit that in post. No, but anyways, Oregon. I was out in Oregon for four years. My love for the Cleveland Browns grew. And 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 just being able to come home makes me more and more excited to be a Cleveland Browns fan. And being home and being in Chagrin Falls and being, you know, four, 20, 30 minutes away from downtown Cleveland just makes me happy because I'm able to watch the team that really made me fall in love with football and make me understand. It helps me be a better coach for my alma mater. You know, I watch the Browns and I think, how can I implement some of the stuff that they're doing and, and, and talk about that and transcribe that into the high school division two left or division three level. You know, uh-huh. and just thinking about that stuff and it and it makes it interesting. The Browns have made football interesting for me. So whatever the Browns do, I'm going to fall in love with. There may be some things that I question. But there are things that I absolutely love that the Browns have helped me love. Well, we've been questioning things for, you know, a lot of us for 20 seasons, rightly so. So, I mean, yeah, just, just so being able to, bad, go ahead. but I mean, also, so are people in bad marriages. Well, sure. <laughs> but, you know, just being, just having some level of, um, I guess, probably trust is probably the best word. Uh, just because I mean, we've seen the results from one season. So we we know that um, we know that Stefanski and Barry have the ability to put a winner out there, and the, the mean, ability to judge talent and things like this. Also, but it also goes with the same, same in bad marriages. We've had a season where we were the second team in the history of the NFL to go on zero and sixteen. You had Chris McNeil doing an. Um, a, an 0-16 parade where everyone was sad. We were the factory of sadness. We we had one year that was decent. We got a head coach. We thought, oh, this is going to be great. We went six and ten, and that coach got that that coach got told to hit the bricks in ten seconds after he got off the plane after the final game. Yeah. And then we get Kevin Stefanski, and and so yes, I am happy. I am gracious, but. We also have to be cautiously optimistic in this. Yes, I have trust, but cautious optimism is going to be our best bet. I think for me, I, I have, 
I have faith in where this team is, and I I have to look at this as kind of a long-term deal. So it's it's kind of limiting expectations season to season. But I feel like if if they can keep this management team together, the, this uh, you know you know uh, keep the, these three guys together who are working on this thing. I think they're going to have the ability to put a competitive team on the field season after season. And I feel like if that happens sooner or later, the Browns, you know, are are going to, you know, I hate to say they're going to win a championship. I don't know, but they're, you know, they're going to be continually good. And if you, if you're continually good, something, something great is, is bound to happen sooner or later. I will say this, if the the Browns keep Stefanski and Barry together, Ron, the sky is the limit. The sky is the absolute limit. And even then, they probably can go to Jupiter and and they say, let's go find something else. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're looking at the results from last season. It's a season when Stefanski really didn't even have a chance to... You know, get things together. And when the Brown, Browns kind of struggled near the beginning of the season from not having preseason games and, you know, not being able to practice together and things like that, and they still had a great season. You know, after after a couple bad games early because of not being able to practice together and, and you know, not having, you know, any basis for, you know, for knowing each other and things like this, and they, they still had a, a great season. So, you have to feel like, like um, you know, you improve the roster. You can give this guy a chance to work with these guys, you know, along with the other, you know, along with the rest of the coaching staff. That, you know, I don't know if the record's going to be better or not, but you got to, you got to have a lot of confidence in what this team's going to be able to do. Exactly, and 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 I mean, while I say I'm cautiously optimistic, I I am faithful as all hell. I will, I you know, I will scream. So I will scream dog check until I'm blue in the friggin' face. <laughs> but, you know, just making sure that we compound on our season. And, and this is something that I always compose to my high schoolers or that I always tell my high schools, my high schoolers. Confidence, not arrogance. I'm confident. I'm not arrogant. Because once you hit that bridge of arrogance, yeah. there's no going back. That's what happened in 2019. We 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 had a decent year after we got Freddie Kitchen in in as a uh, as the offensive coordinator and uh, you know after that you know things just went to hell went to what the hell real quick because we got arrogant. Odell had one of his worst seasons since he entered the league. You had guys getting hurt. Baker had a terrible sophomore year. People started to count Baker Mayfield out. Including a lot of Browns fans started to count Baker Mayfield out. And now we had Kevin yeah. Stefanski where Baker Mayfield looked at the second half of the season. Once he got once once Kevin got his system going, once Kevin got his teachings in place. Tell me, prove me wrong. Baker Mayfield looked like if he had started the season that way, he would be an MVP candidate. Oh, I, I completely agree. This year, yeah. Baker May and and this is my bold prediction. This year, Baker Mayfield is going to be an MVP candidate. I think that I think that could be. I think that could be. Of course, I I put a tweet out a month or two ago saying that Nick Chubb would get MVP would get MVP consideration. I think that's possible too. So Nick Chubb we'll would see. absolutely get MVP considerations yeah. as well. Should he get? If he got as many touches as Derrick Henry, holy shit. Well, we'll see. I just have a feeling that this is going to be a special season for Nick Chubb. And I've said it a few times. I just, I feel like something is... is... I'm going to, Rod, I'm going to stop you there. It's not going to be a a special season for Nick Chubb. It's going to be a special season for the Cleveland Browns. No, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I understand where you're going, but, and I, and I agree with where you're going. But we can't blame a successful season on one player. The entire team is what matters. Well, and it's funny because Nick Chubb could care less about 
his individual stuff. He he doesn't Nick care. Chubb could, Nick Chubb, you could you could make fun you can crack the greatest joke in the world. Nick Chubb wouldn't crack a smile. <laughs> Nick yeah, Chubb I, Nick Chubb would propose to his if he has a girlfriend, you know, his significant other in the future with a straight face. And a, and a monotone voice. I don't know. I mean, Nick is very reserved um, and everything. You know, he's, yeah, he, he's, I, I'm sure he's as hard a worker as any guy on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of guys who bust their butts on the Browns. And, 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 Nick, and for good reason. The thing yeah. is, so many guys in this league talk, you know, they're running their mouths. Like, yeah, so many, you got so many people running their mouths. You have uh, Tyreek Hill running his mouth. You have yeah. quarterbacks running their mouths. You have quarterbacks running their mouths. Nick Chubb well, doesn't need to run his mouth. He just lets his game do all the talking for him. Well, with, that with, is not seen enough. Yeah, and with Nick, it's it's the way he thinks. Because when he... When he does his pressers, he doesn't have to stop and think about his answers. He thinks team first. You know, when when somebody asks him about an individual thing, it's like, you know, it's like today a question about his individual goals. And he said, I just want to win games for the Browns, you know, and that's his honest answer. That's not that's not some BS thing of, oh, I'm not going to put myself above the team. So I better say this. That's who Nick really is. You know, but I I would love, and I'm sure everybody in Cleveland would love to go out and have a couple beers with Nick, and just get him to crack a smile and get him to tell a story. Get a couple of beers? You mean buy Nick Chubb the beers? He's not buying a beer in Cleveland for the rest of his life. Oh, I would buy him the beers. Hell, there's no way I'm asking Nick to buy a beer. No. (laughs) I'd buy him whatever he wanted to buy. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. The, the, the fights that would be happening wouldn't be because you because you asked Nick Chubb to buy a beer. It'd be the fights to to be the first I, one to buy him a beer. No, I I would buy him all the beers he wanted, and and just just to sit and talk with Nick Chubb, and yeah, and and uh, completely everything off the record, so he could say what he wanted and. He, he probably wouldn't I know, even say much anyway. Oh, it wouldn't be anything different from what he says from what he says at the pressers. Exactly. But it would be fun just talking with him about you know about great running backs, about Brown's history, about you know every, everything else, anything else football. Um, he's I, he's just a great guy. My favorite my favorite question is what motivates you? What motivates you to be the football player you are? You have Ray Lewis didn't know his dad, so he so he. Started pulling out a deck of cards, 52 cards. Start and pulled out a different card. How whatever card he did, he did the push-ups until he ran out of cards, and then he shuffled up again. That's why he has the number 52. Hmm. Do you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Ray Lewis, his number came after the pack of dark cards that he used when he uh, when he started training for the for football. Interesting. You know this is a Browns podcast, right? Yes, but I'm just using that as an example. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, hey, it's a good story. It's good motivation. No, it's right? a good story. That's a good story. But yeah, Nick, Nick Chubb. Um, yeah, he's. And you know what? Nick Chubb can have one of the greatest stories, hit the greatest motivational story behind his success of all time, surpassingly Ray Lewis, surpassing Peyton Manning. Hell, whoever. He, he could have the greatest story, but you don't know because he doesn't say anything. And that's a good thing because you don't it, it know what the thing. secret is. I've said it a dozen times, but I love this roster. But I would take 52 guys like Nick or 50, 53 guys like Nick Chubb anytime. Exactly. I, I got stuck on the 52 that you that you threw, that you, uh, threw out there. Aha. <laughs> I, you trip me up. Yeah, right. that's that's what I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Any other uh, any other thoughts on this fifty three man roster, Alec? Put them out there in Arrowhead and watch them fuck shit up. Oh man, that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun. I mean, 
you know, for me, it, it's uh, and and we'll do. I'll, I'll do another podcast, so so we'll preview it and we'll talk about it a bunch. But um, this is a game that the Browns are not supposed to win. You know, they're on the road up against a team that went to the Super Bowl week one. Kansas City never loses week one. Andy Reid never against, loses against yeah, Patrick, a pissed off team too that just got blasted in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is perfect, you know, in September and all this stuff. So, so the Browns, you know, the the narrative is that the Browns really have no shot in this game. So, so it sets up perfectly for the Browns to go in and just have a, a you know, nothing to lose attitude and just go in there and just play their butts off and just see what the hell happens. And you know what? That was the narrative back in January. We didn't have a shot. And that turned out to be one of the greater games in the season. Better than the Super Bowl, honestly. Came down to a fourth uh, down stop. Super Bowl is never me? good. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I mean, that game was the second best game of the season after Browns Ravens in or Ravens Browns when the Ravens came on Monday Night Football. Yeah. Yeah. Now the Browns have a a uh, defense. Yeah. Well, hopefully. We'll see. We'll see so? in a couple of weeks. We will find out. We will find out. So uh, any closing words for the fans of the Cleveland Browns, Alec? Uh, just remain hopeful. Stay and you know, stay confident, never arrogant, because, you know, there's a fine line between the two. And and once you figure it, once you see which one's the bad side, it always comes to bite you in the ass. And, uh, you know, I look forward to it. I'm trying to get tickets to uh, – go to at least one of the games i tried i tried steelers steelers were like 250 a pop then i'm then i'm looking at uh lions and and Bengals in january that's 275 total so i mean i'm looking mm. i mean my at least what i got i don't know i'm trying to find everything and, and then try and see because i need to go out there i need to see my browns win which that's not going to come in short supply it's going to be all over the place that's right some words of wisdom from Alex Saplin. Alex, why don't you throw your Twitter handle out? Yeah, it's just my name, at Alex Saplin. You can also find me through the Chagrin Valley in Geauga County at chagrinvalleytoday.com. And uh, follow me on there. Follow me on Instagram at the same handle, at Alex Saplin. And, uh, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Rod, for having me. Thank you for throwing up the bat signal. Not Nick Chubb's bat signal. It's a different one. It, instead of the Batman logo, it has a it has a beer or something up there. Absolutely. All right. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time.